This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show on AM550 KTSA FM1071. Thank you so much for making us a part of your Saturday morning routine. We uh, we love being here. We love helping people out. We love uh, hearing your home improvement questions, and that's what the show is all about this morning on KTSA. It's the it's the KTSA Home Improvement Show brought to you by Window World. I'm Martin Bomba. That's Jim Smith. And we are here to help. And uh, that is what we're here for. Phone lines are open. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555 is the number to get in on the conversation this morning. How you doing, my brother? I am doing great, man. You know, the Lord gave me fresh air in my lungs and the sun on my back. Little over, little overcast, but it's great. You know, uh, I know that uh, lots, lots of rain. A very, very unusual June for uh, for San Antonio, and uh, there, there are some people that are not. Uh, although it'd be nice to have the sunshine a little more often, we can't say we're unhappy about getting the rain because we've had such droughty summers, you know, uh, it, it, historically in the San Antonio and Central and South Texas area that it's nice to have some rain once in a while. But, man, crazy weather going on all over. I mean, all over right now. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, two earthquakes in the last week in California. Uh, the last one, 7.1 last night just outside of Bakersfield. And, uh, I mean, just, just nutty stuff going on. Hundred. Uh, I talked to somebody uh, who is, is actually from Paris, and uh, their, their home is in Paris. And last week it was 101 or 102 Fahrenheit in Paris. Yeah, yeah, it's just, whew, it's crazy. Uh, I just, I, it's just a, a astounding. I mean, it really is. And, and so when we think about our version of bad weather in San Antonio, our bad weather is a lot better than some people's good weather in other places. Yep, yep, yeah, it is. It is. So it's I, crazy. I can't can't complain too much. Uh, but listen, hey, the phone lines are lighting up early, and uh, be a great time to get yourself a line as soon as one frees up. Don't wait today because it's going to be a busy one. I can feel it already as we have uh, callers lining up. So let's get right to it. Let's get uh, to the task at hand, and that's answering your home improvement questions at two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. As we go to Linda, Linda, good morning, welcome. Thanks for getting the show kicked off for us this morning. Oh, good morning. I really like listening to you guys every week. Um, my questions are about flooring. Sure. Uh, my husband said that he had heard of uh, you talking about Pergo um, maybe even a month or so ago. I want to get new flooring in the house. And so my questions are... Um, is this is Pergo the best one? I want a laminate. I don't want a real hardwood. Okay. And well, but first, first of all, Linda, thanks for the question. It's a great question, um, and I, I want to let you know that Pergo is actually a brand name. 
Much like okay. um, when we think of uh, blowing our nose, we don't think of grabbing a piece of tissue paper. We think of grabbing what? Kleenex. Exactly, right? But it, <laughs> but Kleenex is a brand name. It's become synonymous with right. that, and Pergo became synonymous with laminate flooring, which uh, laminate flooring used to be a, uh, a composite wood product that would swell, and if you got water on it, you had big issues, and replacing it was a challenge. Uh, what it's evolved into is the vinyl plank flooring that we talk about here on this on the show, and that I actually have in a in a home um, of of ours. And I highly recommend that product. And there are lots of different brands out there. I can't give you a specific brand because there are several really good ones out there. Just look for something that has a good nominal thickness. Uh, and I prefer. Uh, a laminate, or and I don't even like calling it laminate, it's vinyl plank flooring. I prefer a vinyl plank flooring that has a cork backing. Some of them have foam backing, but the problem with foam backing is, even though the vinyl plank flooring itself is waterproof and you can spill water on it all day long and you won't have any problems, the foam backing on it, if the water seeps through and gets underneath it, it, it retains water and eventually can mildew. And, and you don't want that to happen. Cork flooring, that will never happen. Um, cork is also a very quiet backer. So when you step on it, it feels natural, and you don't have that, that tapping sound, although it's, it's certainly more hollow sounding than, a, than a, you know, a thick hardwood. But it doesn't have that hollow sound that you used to associate with, uh, with laminate flooring like Pergo. Okay. Um, now, question. Uh, obviously, there are different grades. How you said a, a thickness. What is? I, know, I would, and I'm trying to think back to to when we when we had this installed a few months ago. And I was man, I was looking at every type of vinyl plank flooring you can imagine. I was looking at all the different details on these different vinyl plank floorings. Um, I want to say that a five mil thickness is what we ended up settling on. And there are some that are three mil, um, some that are five mil. Um, I, I think, uh, Jim, if, if, if you're researching this for me while I'm talking, which I hope you're doing, um, tell me about the different thicknesses of vinyl plank flooring because I'm, I'm struggling to remember what the optimum was. But I think some of them went up to even 7 mil, and maybe that's what I ended up getting. But, uh, but, but you definitely want a thicker vinyl plank flooring. And when you look at them, okay, if you go to a flooring store and you look at these vinyl plank floorings, you can look at them side by side, and you can visibly see the difference in thickness of the product. And make sure that they're talking about just the thickness of the vinyl itself, not the thickness of the vinyl combined with the backer. That's, that's very important. Well, Martin, and the one thing to consider is you had said that it was uh, five to seven mils thick. It's yeah. not actually mils; it's millimeters. Uh, millimeters, thank millimeters, you. Yes. because there is a big difference. A there five is a big, mil, big difference. Yes, five mil is pretty thin. Um, that, that's right. Right, um, but and I'm, and I'm reading through this this article right now, trying to figure out what they're saying is the. I the think five, five and a half to five and a half to seven. I think is you're going to be just fine. Uh, the other thing to look at is the finish. There are some vinyl plank floorings that have the most realistic finish. The one that we installed, for instance, you would not know that it was not whitewashed wood. If if I didn't, in fact, I've had people come into different rooms of this house that didn't realize that it wasn't wood, and that's what you're looking for is that realism. Right, okay. right. You want yeah, the 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 new newer vinyl plank flooring gives you the again the look of 
real wood. It gives you the look, the feel. Um, I always say the smell, the taste, and the and the color of real wood. Um, but it's a much better product to put in the house. And Martin is pretty correct in his his assessment of the uh, of the thicknesses. Um, uh, this product is thin and easy to install. Let's see. Um, that's and, about and the it, five mil thick or the five millimeter thick. Yeah. And, and let me say this about about the ease of installation. I do recommend that you have a professional do it. Um, I have both installed it myself and I've had it installed. And I can tell you, I much prefer having somebody else do it. <laughs> it was yeah. it was not quite as easy as it's touted to be. Uh, there are challenges that are involved with it, just like any kind of flooring pro- project. Um, so if you're so inclined, I would hire a professional uh, to do that for you. Okay. Uh, another question. Do you need to put um, a barrier between, because we have uh, uh, cement, you know, it's a, no, ma'am, you do not, uh, in, in, unless you get a non-backed vinyl plank flooring, which they do have. They have vinyl plank flooring that has no backing whatsoever. I do not recommend that. If you get the cork backed, you do not have to put down any kind of barrier. Uh, is this going inside a house or a garage, or where is yeah. this going? Okay, no, it's if, it's inside, inside the house. if it's inside the house, you, you've already got a vapor barrier underneath that slab. You do not need to put one between your, sla- your, your concrete finish and your flooring. Uh, and it doesn't matter what finish that concrete has. If, it, if it's been painted, if it's been stained, it doesn't matter. That's what makes this type of flooring so uh, appealing is the fact that you don't have to strip down to the bare concrete to, to uh, put down mastic for tile. You don't have to worry about any of that with this product. Well, we're going to be ripping up carpeting, so yeah, no, you have no I'm, worries. Take I'm up done. your carpet. Yeah, take up your carpet. Take up your 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 under your padding under the carpet, right. and this will lay down right over the concrete once you get it cleaned up. Okay, now how 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 do you clean this? Super vinyl? easy, super easy to clean. It's got a durable finish to it. And uh, there is actually a hardwood um, cleaner that's made by Bruce that I recommend. Uh, that, that will leave you as streak-free as possible and give you a really nice, clean, clean finish. Okay. So, like, like damp mopping it, or you can damp mop it. You sure can. Um, you can you can use um, any type of floor cleaner, like a Mister Clean or anything like that, on it. Uh, you just have to be really careful because you 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 know it can streak, and that's why right. I like the Bruce is as a, a last Bruce. finish. It, it gives you a nice, clean, streak-free finish. And in between finishings on the floor, a Swiffer works beautifully. Uh, absolutely, okay. it does. Yeah, it does. Okay, that's all right. That's okay, now one more question. Sure. Have any recommendations of where to go to look for all this stuff? Or um, the first place that I would check would be River City Flooring. Okay, that's okay. number one. Uh, number two, I can tell you that Green Carpet Company has a really nice selection of this type of flooring. Martin, does River City Flooring do vinyl plank flooring? They, I thought they, they did. did they do. They, they do. They have a, they have a selection of uh, vinyl plank flooring. I okay. don't know how extensive Excellent. it is, Excellent. but I can, and that's why I'm giving you a second name. If, uh, if, if you uh, choose to check it out, uh, Jeff Lavender over at Green Carpet uh, and, and Flooring, they have a pretty extensive selection of vinyl plank flooring. Okay. Um, and, of course, these places would have... Um, Availability of getting someone to install it for it. Oh, without a doubt, they both they both install. That's correct. Okay. And they All both right. do a great job, by the way, because I've had them both do work for me. Okay. Well, that 
just about does all of my questions that I had written down. So um, uh, with that, I'm going to say thank you very much. And, and Thanks, Linda. I'm excited about getting this project underway. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. Thanks a lot for calling this morning. All thank right. Hey, phone lines are open, everybody. It's 210-599-5555. I'm Martin. That's Jim. And we are here to help. And uh, let's get right back to it. Thomas, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Good morning. I need to talk to a good AC man. Uh, you're, talk, you're talking to him, and it's not me. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll try I'm, to help. I'm an okay kind of sort of AC man, but the expert is sitting across from me. I've got an American Standard uh, four-ton uh, unit up up in the attic, and the uh, expansion valve is freezing up. Okay, uh, freezing up uh, at right after the valve, or freezing up around the surface of the valve? Well, the whole thing gets coated with ice. The whole valve there—it's real easy to get to. It's right there in the front of the uh, the you know evaporator and all that. How old is your system? Well, it's about 10, 12 years old. I, I'll, I'll keep it up, though. I keep the filters changed and the, the coils flushed out and all that. It's been a real good year. I've never had any trouble. It's cooling good. It seems to be cooling all right. Well, there... not right when that thing's freezing up. There, there's a few things that can cause that. Um... The expansion valve is what meters the refrigerant and slows it down and causes it to rapidly expand as it comes out of the other side. Now, this should all be insulated. You shouldn't be able to actually see the valve. It should be wrapped in insulation. Oh, okay. No, this is not. Well, another thing I found out just by, by checking on it, I, I found on it, uh, expansion valves about, oh, $130, $150. But, hey. uh, they told me this unit actually doesn't come with an expansion valve. That's an add-on to make it more efficient. Yes, that sir. Yes, sir. That's that, that. That's probably exactly what the original air conditioning company that installed it did. Now, one thing I'll caution you about is that those prices that you see when you look up stuff online don't go by those prices because those are typically for a pretty generic valve, number one. Number two, that is not installed. That is you ordering it online. And there's very few reputable air conditioning companies that are going to come out and install a part that you've ordered uh, for you because they can't warrant something that they didn't that they're not providing. So be careful trying to order that part online. What you have to keep yeah. in mind is that there is no way that a homeowner can replace this. It's 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 no, just. I wouldn't do it myself. I'd have it done. But here's the thing: I had a quote from. Uh, I'm not going to name names or anything, but. Uh, and you know, I've explained. I've been in the car business most of my life, and uh, I know a little bit about expansion valves. And I mean, and our damn cars are hard to get to. But these guys wanted fifteen hundred dollars to change the expansion valve, plus the Freon and all that is going to end up around over two grand. That's a little high. That does sound a little high for the industry, but but a thousand a thousand. A thousand, twelve hundred, um, with the refrigerant—that's not out of line. You have to—you have to understand that the company that does this, number one, their technicians have to be licensed and certified. Whoever touches that refrigerant must be licensed and certified. It is not cheap to to certify a technician. 
Um, also, uh, they have to warrant what they put in. So it's not just what they're charging you for the now. They're giving you a warranty on that, and they're going to have to send someone out to provide warranty service for that. And, and you know what, Jim? This is a good a good time to mention that when you're when you're dealing with any professional contractor, any professional contractor that that holds a license, has a bona fide office, has time in the business, offers a warranty, whether it be a ten year or a lifetime warranty or whatever it is, all of that. Uh, it has value. All of that has value, and that's why they charge a little more. Of course, they're not going to charge the same amount as some guy's working out of the back of his pickup that may not be here next week. You're, you're getting what you pay for. So, right. uh, so it, it doesn't matter if it's a plumber, a contractor, an electrician, an AC guy. It doesn't matter if they're a professional contracting company and they do legitimate business and offer legitimate warranties and will back up what they do after the sale. You should expect to pay more. In fact, you should want to pay more because it's worth it. And also, Thomas, keep in mind that you've self-diagnosed the, 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 the expansion valve. Now, there are probably a hundred different reasons that that expansion valve could be freezing. And only one of those reasons is a bad valve. You could simply be experiencing restricted airflow. You could be experiencing a low um, or an off refrigerant charge. This could be something as simple as coming out and balancing the refrigerant charge in the system. So before you panic on, on on calling someone and asking them what they charge to put an expansion valve, I would definitely call a good, reputable AC company and have them come out and do a diagnostic on it. Yes, you're going to have to pay for the diagnostic, but most of them will waive that diagnostic with the if if they do the repairs. Well, no, but you know I'm retired. I'm on a I'm a real strict budget, so I have, yeah, all this is good. What you're talking about, and I understand that. I mean, I'm almost 80 years old. I've, I've been around, I've been down the road, but still, a man has to be has to be practical when you have things done like that. When you're in my position, see, I mean, yes, sir, and that's oh what no, absolutely, absolutely, and and you definitely should get other opinions, uh, Thomas. I I agree with that. You don't just take the first you know bid that you get. But but uh, did you did know, this you, company that, that quoted you the 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 two thousand dollars? Did they come out and look at it and di- say, send a technician out, put gauges on it, yeah, go through and check yeah, the whole he thing? Said, he said first thing he said he said man, your expansion you know now is uh, freezing up and uh, you're gonna need a new one you know replace that. Okay, that's the first thing he told you. Yeah. Okay, call another contractor, sir, because like I said, there is a just a bunch of different reasons that an expansion valve could freeze up and typically the very last reason is that the valve itself is bad that's that's typically the very last reason um we recommend we recommend champion heating and air um i would give them a call uh simply and then like i said you're going to have to pay their diagnostic that's unfortunate but you could be you could be blowing up a very simple problem into something that's going to cost you a lot of money. So you definitely want to contact a company, and you can do a lot of research, a company that's got a great Better Business Bureau rating, check their online ratings, look at the company, look at their reputation, and it's you, you just want to, want to protect yourself with a good, reputable company. Hey, Jim, that's that's a good jumping-off point. That's a good jumping-off point. How would you insulate this thing, uh, uh, Jim? I'm sorry? How would you insulate it? Uh, it gets wrapped with uh, it, w- it, the, the, it would be wrapped with a foam insulation, like a, a foam tape that you can get it, um, at pretty much any store. Oh, I understand. Okay, that's easy. Then. Okay, I understand. Well, that's why I'm calling you. See, 
Yes, sir. <laughs> well, well, hopefully I gave you a little insight, Thomas, but, but definitely get another company to take a look at it. There's, there's nothing at all wrong. In fact, we encourage you to get a couple of uh, second opinions, okay? Well, I, that's why I appreciate y'all's time, and, and, you, and you're giving out information so I can make a better decision, see? Yes, sir. That's what it's all about here, and we appreciate you being a part of it, Thomas. Thank you so much. Uh, let's get to Ruben before we go to break because he's been hanging on a long time. Ruben, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Good morning. I've got a question. I've got a jacuzzi tub. Uh, it's a large one. And uh, I've got a probably pinhole leak somewhere underneath it. Okay. I've got water in the slab. Now, my question is, it's all surrounded by tile. Can they? Can a plumber come by and pick up the whole unit without busting out the tile? That is an impossible question to answer without seeing your exact tub. In some cases, the answer is yes. Uh, depending on how it's installed, uh, that is entirely possible. And um, that, that, that tub should have removable panels to get in and service it, so they may not even have to lift it up. They may be able to repair it that's, that's through, one of the panel, through one of the access panels. Yeah, no, it doesn't, it doesn't have a panel. I know that. Are you, sure it, are you sure it doesn't have one on an opposite side of the wall that may be hidden in a closet or something like that? Yes, I'm sure, because when we bought the house, that was one thing the inspector found. Okay. Uh, okay. 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 Well, then they may have to go on the opposite wall from where the plumbing is at and make an access panel. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was one thing they told us, but it's tile, and it's up against the outside wall, so, you know. that They can still... They can still go through that outside wall and use a good exterior. Yeah, but, if, but if it's brick, or uh, I mean, you're you're talking a lot of trouble if that's if what's that's your a brick what's your or... exterior wall? The exterior wall stucco, and where the faucets are, it's on the opposite side of the wall. Okay, so what's on the other side of that uh, of the of the wall where the faucets are? Nothing. It's just uh, tiled. I got to step step into it. No, no, I understand. Oh, so okay. So the faucets are right there in the corner of the tub, but it's the corner that's exposed out, open into the bathroom. Correct. Okay. Well, they can take and remove some of that tile and make an access door on that side, and then you can glue the tile right back to it, so that when the access door goes up, it follows the seams of the tile that are there. Okay. And because I've had pinhole leaks in my copper pipes before, and I've been able to tear out the sheetrock, but this is all tile all around it. Yeah, so you'll need to. They'll need to come in and very carefully cut the tile out, save the tiles. When they go to put the, the put the the board back up after they've done the repairs, they can put it up with what's called rosettes, which are dec decorative screws, and they can save the tile and glue the tile back to that board. And you may want to yeah, consider asking. You may want to consider asking your plumber about about replumbing with PEX in that in that particular area, so this doesn't happen again. Yeah. Uh, do you have any companies that might be? Lots of lots of yeah. There's lots of great plumbing companies out there. Quarter Moon Plumbing, Armendia Plumbing uh, are are two that come to mind most often. Um, and Schaefer, which which uh, which area are you in? Which part of the city are you in? I'm. I'm out just past Dominion around Fair Oaks, that area. Okay. Um, yeah, either one of those would be would be fine. I think either one of those would come out there. Uh, and uh, let's see here. You might want to try TT Plumbing. TT Plumbing is in Holotus, so they're not too far from me either. Okay. All righty. Okie doke. appreciate it. Thank you, Thank Ruben. You we appreciate you calling this morning. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, plumbing situations like that, that, that's unfortunate that they put in a tub without an access because that uh, that really does uh, pro 
pose a, a real inconvenience when it comes to doing repairs. Yes, yes, it does, and that's why I'm thinking that there possibly, and I'm not, I'm not debating Ruben, but I'm thinking there's possibly is an access there. It's just hidden, and he can't well, see it. Well, he said that his inspector, when they bought the house, oh, that's right, that's that was, right. He yeah. did say that. He did say that. So yeah. I'm thinking, no, there probably isn't. Well, anyway, it, it, the, the good news is it can be corrected, and there can be one put in, and, and hopefully uh, hopefully that, that all gets resolved for you, Ruben. We appreciate you calling. Great question this morning. I'm Martin Bamba. That's Jim Smith. And we are here to help. And uh, it's all brought to you by Window World. Right here on AM 550 KTSA FM 1071. Uh, phone lines are open 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. That's the number to get in on the conversation this morning with you and your home improvement questions. That's what it's all about, and we want to hear from you. 210-599-5555. As we go to Robert. Robert, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Hi. Show. Good morning, sir. How are you doing today? Outstanding, Robert. How can we help you this morning? All right, I got a quick question. I, I live in Lytle, and we built a house about five years ago. And uh, the contractor used this, uh, I don't know what the name of this uh, particular siding on, on the house. And I was told, uh, guy went out there, so man, they didn't, they didn't nail the siding uh, like they supposed to. Because like, it is kind of like when they when they bump, the, uh, the ends of the siding bump, it's kind of like you know coming out. Am I supposed to get somebody to start nailing that stuff, or it should be okay the way they did it? Uh, okay, first, first of all, uh, was this a was this a track built home, or was this a, a custom built home? A custom, a custom built okay. home. We only have a, we only have a, a like stone in the front, and the the other three sides they were all siding. Okay. Have you contacted that particular company and asked them to come out and take a look at it? Because you may still, depending on what type of uh, warranty they put on there, you might still have a warranty. Uh, that's that's a good point. I have it. I'm not, I, maybe I should do that. That would be the very first thing that I would do. Um, when you say that the nails are coming uh, coming up, they're they're coming. Are the nails coming out? Is the siding curling up? What exactly is going on? No, well, there is no nails. Oh, were, were they nailed it? I guess were they, like, they were putting it, and they will nail it, but uh, uh, a guy told me, no, they should have put nails out uh, on the outside. There's no, no. No, no, sir. No, no sir. sir. If, it's, if it's fiber cement, if it's a fiber cement siding, which is what it sounds like or it vinyl. is. Or vinyl. Or vinyl, yeah, for, cer- for sure. Yeah, is it, it vinyl? Siding cement, the one you just said. Oh, fiber cement. Okay, it's fiber cement. The only place, the only place that you actually nail fiber cement is what's called face nailing. When, it, when you can see the nail, it's called face nailing. And the only place that you face nail fiber cement in our, in our state is along the Gulf Coast uh, because windstorm requires that you face nail it. But you're in Lytle, Texas, right? Yeah, no, you should not see any nails. Uh, optimum, optimum is you don't see any nails with that product. Oh, okay. So, okay, they did the right thing then. Okay. They absolutely did the right thing. If you if you're not seeing nails and your siding is is performing, they did the right thing because you should not face nail that. You said that you did it the, where it butts together. You could see it lifting. Yeah, when 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 the two ends come together, I, I can see they're like you know not not being the like. Uh, uh, Level, they're like they're coming off a little bit, just at the uh, when they buck. The, uh, yeah, together. occasionally, depending on the substrate, that that can happen. Uh, are all of those joints caulked, or is your caul- or did they caulk those joints? 
Yeah, they they they, they comped those those joints. Is the clock still intact and and performing? No, it, it, it that's where it, it's coming. You know, uh, off. You will likely have to, and that's that's typical of fiber cement. It, it, the, one of the problems with it is that you do have to go back in and you do have to recalk periodically, and five years is probably about that time. So you can go back okay. in and do that pretty easily. Uh, just just use a good okay. paintable your paintable urethane caulk and and you'll be fine awesome thank you so much that's what i was like man i, I don't know if they did the right thing or not but ooh, yes sir it's, it sounds it sounds like they did yes sir okay awesome thank you so thanks much, robert we, we appreciate that thank you hey let's go from robert to robert good morning robert welcome to the ktsa home improvement show hello hey hey there robert how can we help you this morning Hi. Um, yeah, I got a house uh, north of the airport. Um, it was built in '92, and it has. Uh, in, I'm talking about the uh, the ceiling and where it meets the wall. Um, some of the rooms are eight foot ceilings, and then most of the house is ten foot, and it's got these uh, like 45 degree angles from about four feet out that slope down. And so it's not a ninety degree angle where the sheetrock meet. Right, you have uh, you have elevated ceilings. Right. Yes. And what's happening is um, the last couple of years I'd hear a pop every now and then, and I didn't think much about it. And then this, when it started getting uh, warmer, this fall, uh, when it started warming up for the summer, the spring, and the the temperature would be you know sixty at night and eighty five during the day i noticed a lot of popping i mean like all around the house not just one room and i'm wondering uh you know what's going on with uh those scenes are you seeing what's causing the popping more specifically well popping are you seeing the tape pull loose are you seeing cracks in the seams um there's not all around the house and not every seam but but yeah there's hairline cracks um in that joint and I tried to put spackling on it and it, it did nothing but crack the spackling. So I don't know what I'm gonna do about those actual, you know, seams where where the angles meet. Have you had your your uh, foundation inspected? It almost sounds like you might have some settling. Um no that my house is built on a ridge of stone. Um I, I don't think it's the foundation. I mean, I don't see anything around the house that would indicate that other than, you know, like like what I've already said. But, like, you know, the windows work fine, the doors. I'm, I don't see any cracks around the exterior. Um, no, I, I don't think it's foundation. I mean, I, that may be one thing, but... Um, okay, and these are just hairline cracks that you're problem. seeing. I'm sorry? These are just hairline cracks that you're seeing? Yes, nothing major visually. It's just along along the exterior walls mainly, but some on the interior even. It's just a pop, like, you know, various times. Usually, like at night, like from nine when it to cools off. Midnight. Yeah, yeah. That's when I mainly. Well, that's hear that's stuff. not uncommon in a house. Um, it's really not. Hearing the little creaks and pops is not super uncommon. Um, but if it's showing cracks on the sheetrock. Then you've got there's something going on. Something is moving to cause that, that 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 to crack. Now it could be simply humidity is causing that to release. Um, you might go up in the attic and make sure that your insulation and vapor barrier is continuous in those areas where it's cracking. 
Okay. Yeah, I have. I have. Um, uh, I guess the typical setup now with the, the perforations all the way around the house, and I even have a, a solar fan, a small one, installed when they redid the roof to you know give it better airflow up there. I do want to mention one thing though, where it, where it mainly started um, on that this particular corner of the house, I did um, see a lot of little tiny ants. I don't think they were termites, but little like red ants. And they were just inundating this, and I finally got rid of them um, with some andro and some other chemical. Were these were these the flying ants? No, they, they were they just little tiny ants that just kept coming back. Uh, they were huh. they had a they had a um, um, a nest somewhere out in the yard. I couldn't actually find it, but I just spread the andro along there and finally um, killed the nest. So I don't I don't see them anymore at all. That was a couple of years ago when I saw them. But um, in this particular corner, um, you know how the nail will work its way out sometimes? Yes. Yes. There was a lot of nails in that particular corner on those 45-degree angles where they meet is this one corner. Um, so I pulled them out and put screws in in their place. I'm, I'm looking at – I probably did about 10 or so of this to, to shore up that sheetrock you know, with the stud behind it. And I thought that might help with this, and it didn't seem to make any difference. So you were getting a lot of nail pops through the sheetrock before you put the screws in? In this one corner of the house. You, where definitely, the ha- you definitely have a moisture problem. Um, the sheetrock is going to swell and contract as it absorbs moisture and releases moisture. And that swelling causes the nails to push out, and then it contracts, and you get a nail pop. So you definitely have a moisture issue somewhere. I don't know whether it's humidity, uh, possibly a roof leak, but you definitely have a moisture issue in that area. Well, I have a new roof put on about three years ago. So, And has um, the problem gotten worse since the three years, or did it happen right after the new roof or before the new roof? Um, I just really, really started noticing it this, like I say, this, this last um, spring. I mean, every now and then it would happen, you know, throughout the years. It is an older house. It's built in 92, and I know that, you know, houses make a little noise, but this was a lot of noise around the house. It sounds like you've, like I said, you've either got a moisture issue or you've got on that one corner of the house, the slab is moving. Um, And I know even being built on rock, you have to understand that the slab can slide off of the rock. Um, There's, you've got some kind of, you've got either got a moisture issue or you've got some movement on that corner. What do you think, Martin? Uh, I would agree. I would agree that there, there's, there, there could be a moisture issue or it could be a, a, a slight foundation issue. It, it's just it, it's difficult to tell. You might need to get some, not might, you should get somebody out there to inspect. The foundation specifically, or the I would I would have issue. them for uh, the first place I would look is at the foundation, and and if it's if it is a foundation issue that's caused by some type of of moisture, they'll be able to identify that for you. Okay. I'll, I'll give somebody a, a call and have them at least check the foundation. Um, okay, well, I appreciate your time. Yes, sir. You're sure welcome. Thank you, Robert. Appreciate you, too. And uh, we will get to your calls, too, at 210-599-5555. Uh, hey, get yourself a phone line, 210-599-5555. That is the number to get in with your home improvement questions this morning on the KTSA Home Improvement Show, 210-599-5555. As we go to Tom. Tom, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Yes, sir. Hey there, Tom. Um, hey, there he is. I, yes, I am uh, uh, curious as to uh, how to fix 
I have asbestos siding. It nails into a three-quarter to a one-inch, kind of like fiberboard, but the nails are not holding, and, and when you put new nails in there, there's nothing to make it hold well. Yeah. Um, okay. The best thing that you could probably do on that, because the original nailings on them, the those tiles were should have been laid out where the nails were going into studs behind that. The nails should have been long enough to go through your uh, backer board and into the studs or into the framing of the home. You might try going with a slightly longer nail or a bigger, a slightly bigger diameter nail to see if you can get to the stud. Okay, and that's the only thing to to look for is trying to find the stud. Then, yes, sir. That's it, uh, unfortunately that uh, that that fiber board, that backer board, was never designed to hold nails. Um, but yeah. it, it typically, when they put up that asbestos uh, tiles on the exterior, they would lay them out in such a way that the nails that they put in them would hit the studs. the The asbestos tiles themselves were cut the right length to go in between the studs. Okay, well, I'm I'm finding a, a number of the nails are just not holding well, so I'm going to have to try along the nails in or something along that line, but I appreciate it. Well, yes, sir, you're, you're definitely going to have to hit studs. Um, it, you're not going to catch anything in between, so when you, when you have that type of underlayment, you definitely have to catch studs. Otherwise, you'd have to pull all your siding off and put plywood or something for an underlayment. Th- that's correct, correct. And, and I don't know that that's necessary. As long as you can mark off your stud lines, you should be fine. Now, you also have to keep in mind that behind that fiber cement and behind, I mean, behind the asbestos and behind that fiber backer board, there may be a thin sheet of plywood. It's just that your nail holes are wallowed out in a plywood, and the, uh, even a brand new nail is not going to bite. But but I will te- tell you that tip- typically on that age of home, uh, if you have that thick black fiberboard as your as your underlayment as your backer, there is no plywood underneath that. It's going straight to studs, and and that's it. So, uh, it, have you ever considered replacing the asbestos siding and going on with something else? I haven't until you mentioned it now. <laughs> okay, that looks like a, lots of work. Well, it, it is uh, certainly something that I would recommend hiring somebody for, and would would love the opportunity to bid on that if that is something that you'd like to look at. But uh, but but otherwise, if you're going to keep it as is, you, you definitely need to hit studs and not uh, rely on those in between nails. Uh, hey, we are up against the time wall, Tom. Thanks for the call this morning. We appreciate that. Uh, phone lines are going to be open next hour. A whole other hour of you, your home improvement questions, and the home improvement show is coming up next on KTSa. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the KTSA Home Improvement Show on AM 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Martin Bamba. That's Jim Smith. And we are here to help. Indeedy we are. And uh, the number is 210-599-5555. That gets you involved and on air and asking your questions, uh, home improvement-wise, whatever you uh, might have in mind. Uh, Again, that number, 210-599-5555 for your home improvement questions. Phone lines are open right now. Uh, You know, I saw saw a little post um, uh, on Facebook this past week, and uh, I I wanted to ask you about that, Jim. Did you... (laughs) Did you get you a new mower? Yeah, the great lawnmower debacle has finally been solved. <laughs> I know that that was a burning question for a few weeks there. <laughs> yeah, we, st- we we went with the bad boy uh, Magnum. 
Okay. So, went with the bad boy. It's actually one of the better um, zero turns that's out there in all the research that I did. It's uh, it's all uh, built right here in the United States. It's all welded steel. It's there's nothing. There's no stamp uh, stamp steel deck. Um, it's a four point deck rather than a three point hookup on the deck. It's uh, it's just a, a really good mower and uh, tractor supply. I want to thank them very much. They ran yesterday a special. I'm sorry, day before yesterday. They ran a special on 4th of July for 15% off for any military veteran. And so I took advantage of that special, and we got her picked up. Very nice, man. Well, I'm glad you got it. I know you were, you were looking for a long time and debating for a long time, and I don't know what sweet talking it took with uh, Jeannie to get that done, but uh, I'm glad you did, and, <laughs> and that's awesome. Well, we, we, I, I just about had her sweet talked into a lower-grade mower. And then the, uh, that was uh, the last week. And then the sweet girl at our local tractor supply out there by where we live, she informed me of what was going to be going on on the 4th of July. So we were able to buy a much better mower for uh, about the same money. Uh, well, hey, that, I mean, that's that's awesome. I mean, yep. that's, that's a really good deal. And I'm so glad to, to see that you did it. Um, Let's see here. Uh, one of the things that we wanted to talk about this morning while we're, while we're letting those phone lines fill back up again, and they do, second hour always, 210-599-5555, 210 Before we move on, tell me again what the brand is of the, the mower that you got. It is a bad boy. Um, a bad boy, okay. Bad boy. You have to understand that most of the zero-turn mowers that I was researching, or a lot of them, when you get into the names that a lot of people are synonymous with 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 lawn equipment or, or uh, farm equipment, you get into like the John Deere's, you get into the Cub Cadets and all of that. Those are all built by the same company. Um, it's just a different color paint and different logos on them. Well, that's true. That, that is very true. Um, with John Deere, I think it's anything under, I want to say it's anything under um, 30 horsepower is built by a separate company. It just carries the John Deere name. And I think 30 horsepower is the mark. But with the bad boy, um, you've got those that they're made right here in the United States, uh, all American made. When you're looking for a part for it, you don't have to worry about the part coming from overseas with uh, bad boys um, extended plan on it. um, If it breaks down, they're going to come to the house, pick it up, take it to their shop, fix it and bring it back to me. Well, nice. So nice. it's just it, it it you know it's a really good mower. It, it I did like I said, you know Martin. I did a lot of research because I was trying to convince Jeannie of you know we need something that we don't have to keep throwing money into. Well, and and there comes a point of diminishing return. You you and I both know that, right? Um, that that you have to have. Um, you, you you start repairing and replacing. Uh, c- comparing quotes on repairing and replacing, and sometimes replacing is less expensive. So, <laughs> right. Well, the, uh, the the John Deere that we bought, and I'm not taking anything away from it. It served its purpose. It was a great mower. But when I bought it, it had 1,800 hours on it. Not 18 hours. 1,800 hours. I knew what I was buying. You know, there was no misconception that I w- I was buying a used, very used mower. But it was well maintained, and it just got to the point uh, because we hit 2,000 hours on it. It just got to the point where it's it's costing too much to keep this thing rolling. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and I, I don't blame you. I'm glad you got a new one though. I really am. Uh, let's see here. Let's get back to those phone lines at two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. As we go to Buddy, Buddy. Good morning. Welcome to the KTSa Home Improvement Show. 
Well, thank you very kindly. I'm calling about uh, a caller you had last week concerning the product called Ospo. Yes. Yeah, I wanted to let you all know that Ospo is not a rust remover. It is a rust converter. Okay. Okay, what does that mean? Explain, please. Okay, <laughs> okay. It, uh, you put Ospo on a very rusty or any kind of rust, and what it does, it converts, converts the iron oxide to iron phosphate. Okay, and the okay. advantage to that? And that makes it neutral. It won't rust anymore. It, it kills all the rust, but it doesn't remove it. Uh, it makes it into another chemical uh, compound. Okay, and but now it... the Ospo dries on the material you put it on, then you can paint it. That is correct. That but, is correct. But if you've got uh, areas that are actually rusted through, and just even if they're small pit holes, doesn't the, as it converts it, that powder... That it, uh, the the phosphate that it turns it into will flake out of those those areas that are all the way through. Correct? No, if you let it dry completely. I mean, I'm talking several days of dry time. Uh, we use it on the ranch all the time on old rusty pipe, oil pipe, uh, for fence post. Okay. Uh, well, I, I, I've to let it dry for several days. I've learned something because I always thought that uh, that it was that once once you put it on there, if there was rust holes, that it would cause uh, that, that there would be no metal left in those holes. That it would it would convert that rust to a powder, and the powder would flake out. Yeah, it's best if you use it on solid material, of course, without pinholes in it. Uh, but uh, it is not a remover of rust; it is just a converter of rust. Okay. Okay. Well, I did misspeak last week then because I said it dissolved rust, and I guess it it doesn't dissolve it. No, it well, does there, not. It converts it to iron phosphate. Well, there we go. You learn something new every. I, I've used Ospo out on the ranch. We used Ospo all the time, uh, and and I'm, uh, you know, I I, I certainly uh, I'm no chemist, so, but but I appreciate yeah, well, the, the lesson. Make with Ospo is is they brush it off after it dries. And I was going to say, that's, ah, yes, yes. that's where I've made my mistake for years because I would put it on and wait until it got that white flake to it or that white uh, sheen to it, and I'd rinse it off. Yeah, no, no, leave it on there because yep. that's your protective coat. Yep, that's where I've made my mistake, I guess. So, anyway, just thought I'd share that little bit of experience with you. Well, we appreciate Very nice. that. Well, we, we, we always like being enlightened. We certainly uh, do not pretend to know everything, buddy, but we appreciate your help on that one. Thanks a lot. Uh, well, 210. What is an old building contractor. Y'all do a mighty fine job. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, sir. That means an awful lot. We appreciate that, buddy. Uh, phone right, number is 210. Have a good weekend. Have a great one. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555 is the number to get in on the conversation. As we go to Frank. Frank, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Hi, good morning, gentlemen. I hope you guys had a good 4th of July. Yes, sir. We did. We did. I only had one injury at my house, so everything was great. <laughs> okay. Well, as long as the food was good, I guess you have to deal with the injury and, yep, and yep. enjoy the food. Um, the reason I'm calling is I have a bookshelf. It's a wooden bookshelf. And we're going to repurpose it and move it into the bathroom and make it more to carry, like, towels and those type of items. And we want to take the wooden bookshelf and paint it white uh, so it matches the decor. But we want to make sure we're using the right type of paint and primer because of the shower. With the steam coming out, we don't want to, like, have the, the white paint, I guess, 
you know, peel off or anything due to the fact that it's going to have more moisture in that room. The best thing I can tell you, best advice I can give you, well, first off, what, what type of uh, finish does it have on it now? Is it stained or is it painted now? No, it's just a regular wood. Um, it's wood. It's it's not stained. I guess maybe there might be some varnish on it. Give it a good sanding because you want to make sure that whatever you put on there is going to stick. So sand it very well. I would go on with a good um, oil-based or acrylic-based primer, and then I would paint it with a good acrylic-based um, high-gloss finish. Okay, so uh, that would be sanding first, get that all taken care of, oil or acrylic primer, and then an oil or acrylic, uh, I'm sorry, not oil, but acrylic high-gloss uh, finish. Yeah, oil or acrylic, oil based, oil based or acrylic based would would work. Um, I'm gonna, uh, you know, latex is much uh, easier to paint with. It's much easier to work with. But I'm gonna steer you away from the latex because it's in the restroom and because putting towels on it or utilizing the shelf, the you, the latex paint could fl uh, could could peel off on you. Okay, then that's what I was concerned about. I mean, it's a great piece of uh, furniture, but we're donating the books, and we uh, and it fits perfectly where I want to in the bathroom for extra towels and it's going to be a, it's a guest bathroom so it's going to be like for guests and stuff but we wanted to make sure it didn't peel off with paint or anything like that so thank you for the tips and letting me know which and then i can go to any basic store and, and just look at the the, the 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 can and say okay this is this is the right one yes but you want to get a good high quality one you don't want to get the cheapest thing that's on the shelf no, I understand that. So one of the name brand ones, whether yes. Sharon Williams or you know anything like that, or with that uh, name. If I go to one of those big box stores, don't get the brand name for the box store, but stay on the the, the name brand one. Right, stay on the bearer or uh, or one of the better uh, one of the better brand names. What about the painting itself? Do you recommend any type of brush, or or do I use the sponges? Or yeah. do you Use a high-quality brush. Um, don't don't go cheap on your brush. Uh, you don't certainly don't have to get the pro quality, but um, yeah, you, you don't want to get one of the cheaper brushes because it will leave brush strokes no matter what you do. You could actually uh, most of the big box stores uh, you can rent uh, a small airless paint sprayer. Ah, that's true. And if you spray it, then you're absolutely going to have a smooth finish. You're not going to have any roller or brush strokes in it. Okay, that that is pretty cool. Thank you very much. I appreciate those tips. You guys have a great day, and I'm going to thank, listen to the rest of the show. Thanks, Frank. We appreciate it very much. Thanks for being a part of our show this morning. As we go to Cynthia. Cynthia, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Uh, we lost Cynthia. All righty, then. No Cynthia. Uh, that means good news for you. Get yourself a phone line, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. Uh, one of the things that we talked about several weeks ago, uh, we were talking about granite and uh, and quartz and you know and the difference between the two and uh, home advisor came out with a little article this past week uh, that asked is granite going out of style and uh, and i thought that that was uh, a, a kind of a cool follow-up to what we were talking about and uh so uh, i uh, i i it's a great article and it says uh if you have granite countertops or considering or considering installing them the latest hearsay may give you a little bit of pause is what they say um they uh uh it, it, it it's kind of the trend and rumor has it that granite isn't the in-demand material that it used to be but i also don't think and they don't think that it's suddenly so last year in fact uh granite is still a strong choice for kitchens and bathrooms today 
But the simple truth of the matter is the competition has gotten so much more fierce. Um, other options like quartz, which we talked about, butcher block, which is another one uh, that's gotten very popular, and solid surfaces are, are, are rising, and quartz is certainly in the lead in that. So uh, with granite's popularity and decline, uh, the question is, should you follow with the trends or stick with the tried and true? Well, I, I can tell you that, that from from our standpoint, uh, we did uh, we, we did kind of move away from that, and we went with quartz in our in our latest project. Uh, it's yet to be installed, so I can't tell you how I really feel about it because I haven't seen it in a, in a large area. But I can tell you that what we saw, we liked enough to choose that over granite, and uh, and and I'll I'll keep you posted on that. But we'll also talk about what's behind. The Quartz craze here in a minute. The only thing I'll say on that is that I don't mind some of this stuff coming up on the granite and pushing granite, you know, pushing them for the lead because that's just going to make granite a little more affordable, in my opinion, and, and that's going to help should. out a lot of consumers. You know what? It, it absolutely should. You're right about that, and uh, and and so uh, I, I think that uh, we're gonna we're gonna see. I mean, it, it's 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 one of those things. Things kind of ebb and flow when it comes to that. Hardwood floors were out for a long time. We forget that. We forget that that in the 50s uh, and in the 60s and 70s and even into the 80s, hardwood floors were out. People were putting carpet over them. They were put. Boy, in the in the 50s, they put linoleum over hardwood floors and if and it stuns us now but that was what happened yeah but at least it was the 50s was still better with the linoleum than the late 60s and 70s when they put uh the shag the harvest <laughs> harvest gold and avocado <laughs> green shag carpet over them well you had to match the refrigerator you know yeah that, right? yeah you know yeah. i actually worked in the 80s i actually worked in the late 80s i worked in an apartment complex that still had harvest gold and avocado green appliances and countertops my goodness! Yeah, my goodness. yeah. It was wow. it was definitely a dated apartment complex, my friend. Well, that was a trend we were not sad to see go. Uh, <laughs> let's get back to the phone lines. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. As we go to Nathan. Nathan, good morning. Welcome to the show. Hey, Martin. How are you? I am outstanding, sir. How can we help you this morning? Well, first off, I just want to say you guys have done new windows on my house recently, and, and they're wonderful, so very much appreciate that to start with. Thank um, you, sir. We appreciate uh, your business. Absolutely. The reason I'm calling, I have um, the cosmetic trim uh, concrete around the foundation. I'm not exactly sure what you call it, um, but that is cracking away um, around, my, around my house, and I'm not even really sure who to go to to... Um, come and redo that and if there's other problems i should be looking into because of that um so that's that's what i'm calling you about well okay. that's that's a brown uh, that's uh, industry term or what i've always called is that's a brown coat um it's a it's a layer of thin masonry mix that goes over the outside of the concrete foundation um for aesthetics it's it serves no structural purpose it's just there for aesthetics um if you're a pretty handy guy um, you can purchase the Mason's Mix at one of the big box stores, mix it according to the instructions, okay. and trowel it on and smooth it off, and you could actually become an amateur Mason yourself. It's not very difficult to rebrown coat a slab. Okay, okay. And then any, any specialty tools required other than just a trowel or, or something simple? Or Well, you want to make sure you knock off any of it that's loose right now. You want to make sure that you go around and tap it, and if it's hollow sounding, you want to pop it off. Um, you okay. just want to make sure that, that nothing is on there that's loose right now because it doesn't matter how many coats you put on top, if what's there is loose, it's still going to fall off later. 
Um, so that's the main thing. And then, no, no real specialty tools, just a drill with a mixer to mix up the mix. Um, you'll want to either match the color that's there or go with a whole new color and put a, put a whole new layer on um, and then trowel it on and smooth it off. Have we mentioned bonding okay. agent? We did not. Thank you, Martin. Yeah, it's very, very important. Uh, two, two very important things to remember on this is uh, bonding agent, which, can, which, which is sold in little bottles at the big box store. When you get your Mason's mix, you can get the bonding agent. It looks like uh, milk. Uh, and okay. you mix that in with your, with your cement mixture. And you also need to make sure that the surface that you are, that you are uh, applying the plaster to when you're doing this is damp. You don't want it to be soaking wet, but you definitely want it to be damp. And you do, and especially if it's hot outside, you want to keep it damp because that, that concrete okay. sucks the moisture out and that will give you hairlines and spidering. Okay. So the actual, the actual concrete that I'm going to apply the mason mix to, is what needs to be damp while I'm working. That that, uh, that is true. That yes. is correct. And, that and you surface wanna, that you're applying it to. And you want to make sure that okay. you 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 know you dampen it down. If it sucks the moisture in and dries rapidly, dampen it again. And you want to keep dampening it until the surface remains damp for um, uh, for 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 a minute after you've put it on. You don't want if it's still pulling the moisture in, then you want to keep getting it damp until it stays damp. Okay. Okay. All right, perfect. That's that's awesome. I think I could uh, I think I could tackle that myself. Awesome, man. Very good. I think you can. It's it's really uh, a, not a difficult prod project at all. Uh, and oh, and the last thing is, um, and remind me what where are we applying this to again? The the base of the slab, Martin. The base of the slab. Yeah. Get yourself a. Uh, uh, you don't even have to get a, a float because well you can. Yeah. Get yourself a concrete float when you're getting your material. Ask the person at the big box where you're getting your materials. Ask them for a float. It's a. It's a. Uh, looks like a trowel, but it's got a spongy finish to it, and that's what you're going to okay. use to give yourself the the finish that you want. Because once you trowel it on, you're gonna you're gonna want to float it out and give you that nice float finish after it sets for a few minutes. Yeah. 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 You don't want to do okay. it immediately, but but yes, uh, before it's dry and, and while, it's, while it's still curing, you go back and you float it out. Okay, okay. About how long would you say? Maybe five, ten minutes or is longer than that? Or uh, it depends how on how hot it is outside. If it's, if it's hot outside, about the time that you get finished putting it on, you can go back and you can float it out. Right. The, the, what I've taught guys before on doing that and doing uh, mortar work and so on is that if, you've waited, if you wait until it starts to change color, then you've waited too long. The other okay. thing that I want to mention, the other thing I want to mention to you is once you're done, um, about every 24 hours, give it a nice spray down, and do that for at least the first week to two weeks. You'll get yourself a much better cure and much less chance of any uh, spidering or, ha or hair lining. So every every 24 hours is wet it. That, yep. About every 24 hours, give it a nice little spray down with a garden hose. Okay. All right. Uh, it slows down. It slows down the cure time and makes it harder. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. I really appreciate the info, guys. You're sure welcome. We appreciate you being a part of the show today. Thank you so much for calling. Yeah, you too. Have a great one. You too. Thank you, sir. Okay. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's the KTSA Home Improvement Show on AM 550 KTSA FM 1071. Martin Bamba here along with my buddy Jim Smith. And we are here to help. And those phone lines are open, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. That's the number to get in on the conversation this morning. And Tim has been waiting patiently. Good morning, Tim. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Good morning, guys. Rock and roll forever. 
Yeah, Thank you, brother. There you go. I agree. Better have get in the pool and blast some tunes for sure. Woo! That sounds like fun. Hey, hey listen, y'all talking about uh, the evolution of countertops and quartz. I've been doing countertops for uh, 28 years now. Uh, started out doing DuPont Corian. That was hot and heavy until they lost their patent. Then other yep. uh, acrylic manufacturers came on site with uh, different forms of methamethacrylate. And then 9-11 happened. And when 9-11 happened is really where I saw the industry turn around with natural granite. People buying natural wood cabinets, wood flooring. You know, they want everyone wanted to feel good in their own home. And then over two decades ago, of course, quartz hit the market, Southstone being the leader. And uh, the problem with quartz right now is uh, what's happened last year with all the tariffs in China and India with the raw materials. So y'all want to know the big new trend that uh, I'm rolling out personally now is porcelain countertops. Why? Hmm. Hmm. It's got all the advantages of quartz as far as heat resistant, scratch resistant, impact resistant, homogeneous, won't stain. But the problem, or not a problem, but the cost of quartz versus porcelain now. So uh, we're starting to roll out porcelain where we could do all the Calcutta gold, fancy colors, you know, Carrera marble veining colors in quartz that would normally go $80, $90 a square foot. You know, we're, we've reduced that dramatically down into the 30s. Wow. What builders, what builders like is you install your cabinets Wednesday. We have a crew there Thursday putting the tops on on site. Now, so, now you're now you're uh, yeah. I, I think you're going to ask what I think. I think you're going to ask what I thought I was going to ask. But you go ahead, Jim. Is this do you is the porcelain applied to a steel and applied on site or is it solid porcelain? It is solid, and it is applied on site. It is basically uh, score it and strike it. Uh, there's a bow on the wall. You uh, cut the sheetrock a little bit and push it back into the studs to cover any bows on the wall. Uh, we're rolling out a video now we did in our shop where we got one of our big guys had a, like a 15-pound rock, you know, about a 10-inch diameter rock, and he holds it way above his head, drops it on the porcelain, hits the porcelain, falls off, hits the shop floor, and then we zoom into the porcelain. You can't tell there was any damage whatsoever. Man. Which is exactly the opposite of what when you, when you think of porcelain, you think of something that's that's fragile. You right. don't think that, you don't think that. No, well, look at porcelain uh, floor tile versus ceramic. Sure, a lot sure. Than ceramic. Jim, you need to drop me an email, man, at jsmith at windowworldtx.com. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, I'm doing jobs in uh, Port Aransas, Corpus, right now. We got a 12-story job downtown San Antonio. The units start at 1.7 million. And the designers and the owners, are, they all want to go porcelain. And, again, it's a fast turnaround. Instead of waiting, you know, what we have to do in the granite and the quartz industry is after the cabinets are installed and we go out and do our laser digital templating, then that goes back to the CAD department like any other shop primarily. And, and so you have this one a week and a half, two-week turnaround. But the advantage of porcelain, we're there the day after the cabinets are installed, actually installing it, ready to go. And the cool thing about it, too, it's vertical applications. So we're doing shower walls, wainscoting in the bathroom, and even the floor. So everything can match the vanity countertop into the walls, in the shower, with no grout lines at all. So I just want to throw that in. That is going to be the future of the countertop industry. It sure sounds like it. And it really is beautiful, too. I'm the guy that cut my teeth with DuPont Corian, big time. 
you know, all the jobs I did on Ocean Drive and Corpus and here in San Antonio on the Dominion when it first kicked off, you know, that was a cat's meow. But believe me, porcelain is going to be the next big shaker and mover in the countertop industry. My only question is, where were, where were you a month ago whenever I signed the contract on the coarse countertops in my home? That That's where I... Well, we were waiting for... Well, all, all, the, all the porcelain was on the water coming from Italy. We're all buying it out of Italy. We custom... But the cool thing is, all the Calcutta Golds, the expensive colors, you know, now yeah. we're going to be selling in the mid-30s installed. So Wow. It's going <laughs> to be the future. It really is. And uh, and it was destined to be because of quartz, the pricing of quartz. You know, quartz is, a, I'm a big believer in it. I put it in my house last June. I could have put granite, quartz, or anything, but I, I did choose, choose quartz, three, three centimeter quartz. And uh, now looking back on it, it won't be long. I'll be pulling that out and put porcelain in. Well, that uh, yeah, that makes me feel better about my quartz decision. But, boy, your pricing sure sounds a lot better. <laughs> well, All that, right, man. Well, listen, hey, thanks. That's that. I want to pass that on. And, uh, Jim, I will send you an email with uh, Please do. my company address. Please do. If you need samples, let me know. Sounds like a plan. Awesome. Yeah, so Thank you, Tim. Appreciate you, man. That that's always always fun to to learn about the new uh, new trends. I don't know if this article that uh, that we're taking a look at even talks about. Um, it doesn't. Uh, porcelain's not even mentioned. I, I was so, I was reading down. I was reading down through it, and I didn't see porcelain even mentioned on there. No, it's 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 something that I was not even aware existed because you look at these articles and these industry uh, uh, you know comparisons, and porcelain has not been mentioned in a single one of these that we've looked at. Right. So, so that's very interesting. I, I, it, I, I did Google it, and I started looking at different photos, and man, it's some cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, very pretty, very pretty indeed. Uh, let's get to before we go to break. Let's go to Dan. Dan, good morning. Welcome to the KTSa Home Improvement Show. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Yeah, I've got a question. I know that if you are in the city limits of like San Antonio, and you want to tear down a building, they require you to have a demolition permit. Yes. I've got a building that's out in the county that's in the middle of nowhere. And the gentleman just told me that the state now requires y'all to have a permit to tear a building down or inspection. Do y'all know anything about that? That's a new one for me. If that's if that's the case, then, heck, it was just a week ago I broke the I broke that. Um, no, out of the county, I've never heard of having to have a permit. I've just gone out and... Now, of course, you can't use dynamite to tear a building down, but you could you can sure tear it down safely. Yeah, okay. Well, he said that a friend of his tore one down on uh, 87 South, south of San Antonio, and some state inspector came by and saw it, and they ended up having to pay a, a $5,000 fine because they didn't have a inspection-slash-permit to tear it down. Now, what you need to make sure of is, I think I know the building you're talking about. I live out there, and I think I know what you're talking about, and that was a commercial building. That wasn't a residential shed. Oh, yeah. Well, he says any kind of building, even a residential house, you can't even tear down anymore. Uh, I believe that that's the, the, the state is more concerned about the commercial buildings, and the main thing that they want to pull a permit for is to make sure that there okay. were no dangerous chemicals um, ever used in that commercial building, and there's nothing that's going to permeate into the ground. That's the main thing that the state was concerned with. It's ground. Okay. It's groundwater contamination that they're right. worried about. Right. Oh, okay. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yes, sir. All right. Hey, listen, I'm, uh, while we're talking about it, I am actually looking at this right now, uh, and it uh, does say residential demolition application. Um, 
And this is from uh, AustinTexas.gov. Um, man, I, I I I don't know if T- it's, it's, T- TNRCC may have gotten into it, Martin, just simply because. May, but know, I can't imagine out in the country, uh, in the county, outside of the city limits, that that would be the uh, wow. Well, the TNRCC is going to get involved in it, uh, and for those of you folks who don't know what I'm referring to, it's the Texas Natural Resource Confer- Conservation Commission. TNRCC is going to get involved, Martin, if it's anywhere uh, on a watershed. Uh, well, exactly, yeah, and, and I and I understand that and I get that, but um, yeah, I, I'm, everything that I'm reading here says more often than not you're going to need a permit to uh, to demolish something. Yep. Well, uh, you probably have to put in where you're going to be demolishing it, and then they would come back and tell you if you're going to need it because. There are a lot of watersheds that people don't even realize. It's not just the Edwards Aquifer. It's the Carrizo Wilcox. It's, I mean, there's a lot of different aquifer watersheds out there. Uh, absolutely there are. And, uh, and, and, I mean, I can understand why. I can understand why. I'm just surprised because, like you, I didn't think that, that they were um, needed. Uh, let's go to Gary. Gary, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Good morning. Um, I'm calling from the People's Republic of Austin. <laughs> a minute ago that the you were on the website for austintexas.gov that is the city of austin's website not the state yes and i understand but it, the permit itself and what it talked about was statewide it was not an austin specific oh, okay. permit that i was looking at Okay, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm no, no, I, I agree. There are certainly some peculiar, peculiarities. I don't know if that's a word, but there are some oddities in Austin that do not apply to the rest of the normal state of Texas. I understand that. State um, of Texas? They don't apply to the rest of the normal world, man. <laughs> Come on, now. Hey, listen. No, you're, you're look, look, I want to be clear. We're not, hate, we're not hating on Austin. I want to be clear about that. <laughs> Well, I'll do it for you. <laughs> yes, and it does. You're right. It does apply to Seattle. It does apply to uh, a few towns that are California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it sure does. Yep. There's a lot of truth to that. Thank y'all for your show. I enjoy it very much. Thanks, Gary. Thank we, you, Gary. We, we, we're we're proud that we don't offend you up in Austin this morning. Thank you so much for listening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, brother. Let's go to uh, Vicky. Vicky, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Now we're going to have everybody in Austin. Uh, Vicky us. fell off. Oh, Vicky may be from Austin and got really upset with what Gary said. By the way, that was Gary who was hating on Austin, not me. Yes, not me. yes. Vicky, Vicky may have. I don't know. <laughs> but no, we lost Vicky for a second there. Um, I don't know if we'll have time to get her back before we run out of time. I don't know. Well, while we're waiting on her, let's uh, let's love they, how they reach uh, you and me during the, uh, the week. Well, they can reach me at jsmith at windowworldtx.com. And, of course, you can always drop me a line at mbomba, that's M-B-O-M-B-A, at windowworldtx.com. Always happy to hear from you. Martin, we got Vicky back. Let's squeeze her in before the end of the hour. Okay, she forgave us. Good morning, Vicky. Welcome to the KTSA Home hey, Improvement Martin. Show. Hey there. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, and I, oh, I'm not from Austin. Uh-uh. <laughs> I'm just... Anyway. <laughs> uh, so, I... Uh, I have a real quick question for you guys on a roof. We had a house built two years ago, and we had a leak uh, in the roof during one of these storms recently. And I had a roofer come out, and 
we didn't have any flashing apparently installed around all the pipes and stuff up there. And there was just caulking stuff. And so he fixed a lot of that. But one thing he said was, we have uh, screws that are holding the roof, you know, metal up there, and they should have been rivets. And uh, so the, the new roofer guy is wanting to, he's estimating about $4,500 to redo what was supposedly done wrong on my roof. I don't know enough about it to trust whether this is something that Vicky, really where is he where is he saying that it needs rivets? Um, I guess up there where it, the ridge part of it and in the valleys. That's an absolute opinion. Um, yeah, it sure is. That, yeah. I, yeah, they both work very well as long as the screws are applied correctly and as long as they use a gasketed screw, you'll have no problem yeah. with the screws. Okay, but it looks like a rubber washer. That's it. You'll have no problem. There it's just a, a matter of opinion as to which one they use. And that is by far, by far the most popular and most used uh, method. Uh, rivets are, are just, that's what got me is uh, rivets are just not normally used in that application. Okay, great. Well, that's what I needed now. I feel better about it. You just saved me about $4,500. Yes, ma'am. There's, there's no need to spend that money. Okay, great. Okay. Thanks, Vicky. Thank so Thanks for much. being a part of the show. I appreciate it. All right. Uh, absolutely. Well, I know we're running short on time, and I don't. I don't want to uh, get into another caller, so we're not going to take any more callers this morning. Uh, but uh, you know, back to revisiting what we had talked about with that caller earlier about countertops. We were talking about different countertops and how granite is kind of going out, uh, and some other things are coming in. Some of those things that they mentioned in this article, by the way, are marble, wood, solid surface, soapstone, concrete stainless steel and uh and and even um a butcher block which i i don't butcher block um uh wood I, I don't know that i would recommend that it looks great but boy you talk about a maintenance hassle but the porcelain that uh, our earlier caller alluded to that's something worth looking into i think and and i, I certainly can't give you my opinion on it because i don't know enough about it but it sounds well, he, like he's been in the business for a long time and he definitely needs to hot foot it and get me that email because i've already i'm already getting emails from other listeners wanting his contact info well, there you go. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it, it sounds beautiful. It looks beautiful. What I've seen online, it looks fantastic. Uh, like I said, I'm only uh, disappointed that I didn't know about it a month ago. Uh, you know. Uh, but anyway, I think I think it's a pretty neat new trend, and, and well, I'm curious that, to see what it turns out. That's like. okay, Martin. You can you can break out your checkbook. We'll put the porcelain uh, countertops in my house as a test. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> no. No. Okay. Hey, Jim, it's been a blast as always. Yes. Everyone, we thank you so much for uh, being a part of the show today. Thanks for your calls. Thanks for listening. Uh, again, Louis Siriani and the KTSA Automotive Show is coming up next right here on KTSA. Later on, Holly Hermes, Mike Hermes, the What's It Worth Show. Thanks for making us a part of your Saturday. We'll see you back here same time, same place on the KTSA Home Improvement Show.